0: On this episode, I'm joined by food blogger John Sell for a bracket challenge of Universal's Mardi Gras International Flavors of Carnival. Today is February 17th, 2023. This is episode 540 of the Main Street Magic podcast.
1: Jeremy and Rhonda are
0: more than a little fond of Disney World, so they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts, top 10 lists of all sorts, Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you. Hello and welcome to another episode of Main Street Magic. I'm your host, Jeremy Stein, and I am not joined by my lovely wife, Rhonda, today, but I will be soon joined by my lovely friend, John Self. But first, make sure you check us out on the web at MainSTMagic.com, as well as follow on Facebook, Twitter, and Instagram at MainSTMagic. If you've not done so already, head out to Facebook and search for the Main Street Magic community and ask to join. Then if you hit that subscribe button, you'll get brand new episodes every Tuesday and Friday. We do have a food blogger on the show today. It is hard to get dining reservations at Disneyland and Walt Disney World, even at that 60-day out mark. Don't worry about it, though, because Mouse Dining removes that frustration of booking those dining reservations at Disney, alerting you when they spot availability for your desired restaurant, date, meal, and time. Visit MSMFriends.com to use this free service. And If you don't have that next trip booked, whether it's to Disney, Universal, a cruise, or pretty much anywhere else in the world... Go ahead and hit up Chuck with MainSTMagicTravel.com and fill out a form for a free quote. John, welcome back to the Main Street Magic podcast. Uh, I think you are, might be up there with most repeated guests of all time. So congratulations, quite the award.
1: Can I can I work to get five times so I can get my Saturday Night Live jacket?
0: Yes. Yes. We'll have to plan a little bit ahead so I can get it ordered, get it fitted and everything for well, you. That's good. But...
1: I, 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 I do have jackets coming supposedly from several other podcasts, but I appreciate you letting me be on. So
0: yeah, of course. And, and
1: as, as I've returned to the cold of Illinois.
0: Well, I was going to say, so we've got, um, we've got you on, um, mostly because we, we like having you on every once in a while, but also I appreciate very much when you have an opportunity with your schedule to fill in when Rhonda's is not available because Rhonda mm-hmm. is out in, in Vegas right now with her friend Um, so I reached out to you and you're kind enough to say yeah I can jump in there Um, I can help and you're coming back from quite a trip if you want to talk a little bit about that because that will segue right into uh, today's bracket challenge about Universal's Mardi Gras that's currently going on so tell us a little bit about this trip or is it even still a trip when it goes that long or is it just
1: Um, I'm not sure it was a, (laughs) a trip I originally because I'm I'm you know currently doing a lot of part-time gigs and in between a full full full-time gigs I had a trip scheduled to go down to Orlando with one of my friends for oh about a week and cover some stuff and then all of a sudden it became hey why don't you stay and cover the premier league event at Universal Orlando and so a couple sites wanted that obviously UK based sites you can figure that out um and then and then I've been begging several sites to let me cover the Rock the Universe event which is in, which is the streaming which is the merging of my worlds as those of you who don't know my twitter handle is pastor john self okay so just yeah. so you connect with that and so there's only i think the joke is there's only one of us on the planet who's fully qualified to cover rock the universe at universe orlando and it might be me perfect um and so then attractions reached out and matt I started writing for attractions magazine and matt it's been really kind to let me do that and our friend of the show seth gaberski hit the the review was, Matt, I think Matt sent the team. John comes highly recommended by Seth Kiburski, which I do appreciate. And then I apologized in advance to Seth for any embarrassment I may cause the writer folks <laughs> from, from there. So from there, so then I was covering that, and then Mardi Gras was starting, and so and then I had another couple of media dine events that came up, and I'll shamelessly plug those in a second. And so I ended up staying in Orlando basically for four weeks wow. when it was supposed to be two short week trips. Yeah. And so that was, that was an interesting change. And I came back to my house and, you know, having left the temperature at 65 degrees, it was 65 degrees when I got here. And so <laughs> that's just, that's just the way it is. But yeah, it was a whirlwind trip between Disney universal Sea you know, world. I forgot about SeaWorld food festival. Yeah. So, cause that, that got in the way of the schedule for the main street 16 challenge.
0: Yes, yes, but you were kind enough to uh, join us with any of the events that you could, so we certainly appreciate that. Because yeah, I know you were bouncing all over the place, but um, you were able to at least uh, check in pretty much daily with our events going on for Main Street 16. So thank you for that. Well, I,
1: I kind of do that. Needed to do that is the shameless, um, bright One of the writers for Pirates and Princesses, one of your, one of your sponsors for the Main Street 16 challenge.
0: Yes. Yeah, and we we, uh, we appreciated that connection as well. Um, so the main thing that we're going to talk about today is Universal's Mardi Gras celebration that's currently going on. And this episode comes at perfect timing because we just got our schedule uh, for Lacey's dance competition in two weeks <laughs> down at Disney, um, which has been moved to contemporary uh, as yes. opposed to the wide world of sports. So, um, But we're free Friday, so I just realized, hey, that means on the way down Friday, because we're already going to take her out of school Let's stop by Universal. Let's go ahead and have our first stab at Mardi Gras because I'm not sure what other dates we're going to get back there. So I will definitely be taking some notes on the must have items as we will be there for a limited time, probably like 10 a.m. Get out of there around 2 or 3 p.m. So we're going to cram as much food into that little uh, short trip as we can. So I like the timing of this one
1: that sounds like one of my day trips over there, you know, now the, the booths technically open at 11, but some of them open earlier, uh, the, as, as I guess we'll call him friend of the show, Justin monorail is aware because I kept up, kept them up to date on a regular basis. The bloody Mary tent opens before 10 o'clock.
0: That's the most important one to start the day.
1: Right. And I get that. And just for those of you who are listening later, just wondering why we didn't cover certain things. Um, a title actually Jeremy gave me, and many other people have followed, of being a food blogger. It's food blogger, not drink blogger. Yeah. I deferred the drink blogger to other people, so just so you'll see that skew in this in this Mardi Gras discussion.
0: Yeah, well, I, I will say from last year's Bloody Mary experience, I do not yes. like Bloody Marys, and I liked that Bloody Mary. So I don't know what it was, but I actually enjoyed that, and I'm not one to usually enjoy them. So.
1: I, I can confidently say that the only per only people I have told not to get it because basically it's lunch on top of Bloody Mary. Yeah, yeah. Is I have some friends. If you follow Universal Orlando, they're kind of f- famous friends from the UK who are everywhere and Universal Orlando a lot. And they had their first Bloody Mary at the kitchen at the Hard Rock Hotel, and I said, "Oh." then perhaps maybe you shouldn't have the Mardi Gras Mary because yeah. you've already started at the top of the mountain. Yes.
0: No, so, that's true. But
1: normally, the, if you get – and shameless plug for sites that I write for, I won't mention. You can find them on Twitter. Um, Universal sells the refillable cups. And so if you're going to drink at Universal Orlando, that's really your best way to do it. Okay. Yes, yes, there is irony of a clergy member telling you how to drink more, but just go with me here on this, okay?
0: <laughs> taking, taking my notes. Um, speaking of that, are they doing just, the lanyards this year um, that they've done in this the past year, on this, the pre-purchase lanyard?
1: This is um, – I – revolting at the term lanyard because it gets confusing because that's what SeaWorld uses okay they are using the same pattern they did last year that i wrote a huge long resource for pirates and princesses now to use this they're doing food and beverage cards like they did last year they do sometimes they come on a lanyard but they do not work like a sampling lanyard right so for those of you unfamiliar with the short version if you purchase during the mardi gras season which lasts until april 16th at universal orlando if you purchase a food and beverage card, you get a discount on the card that can be used. It never expires, ever. And it can be used on any food and beverage of Universal-owned things inside Islands of Adventure, City Walk, and Universal Studios, Florida. Yeah. And so you can purchase them if you're not an annual pass holder. And why would you not be? Because I hear you can't get those at Walt Disney World. Yes, I'm better. <laughs> um, you can purchase a $75 card for $65. Or if you're an annual pass holder, you can purchase a $150 card for $120. Okay. So that's $20 off food you are probably going to spend anyway.
0: Yeah. Yeah. We liked I mean, that deal last I, year.
1: I use my card at Tosum. I use my card at Antijitos. I use um, I use it. You can't use it at the hotels, which is kind of a drag. And those of you who are annual pass holders, you also get your discount when you purchase the food. On top so of that. So if you were... On top of that, okay. so I think I calculated it out last year because I was awake at like 5 a.m. trying to get ready before the first day of Mardi Gras. Sitting, ironically, sitting in my hotel room at the B Resort, oh, which Jeremy's going to experience. To check out. Yeah. Um, I was taking a shuttle from Mirs that cost twelve dollars back then to get to Universal for Mardi Gras. And I calculated up that if you had a premier annual pass and you purchased the $150 card for $120, you basically saved 30% plus off the food.
0: Wow, that's great.
1: So uh, the price of, I have typed this up for some, for two different websites actually that I'm interviewing for to take part-time positions with them that I can't name at the moment that I would like to, that you would know. Um, but I had to turn in articles about what's the difference between Walt Disney World and Universal. Like we did that many moons ago of comparing the dining. And yeah. you know the story. Usually Universal gives you a larger portion for less money. Yep. This year, that is not quite as large of a disparage as it was. Okay. The, the food is still better at the Epcot Food Festival. However, you're still going to be hungry after you spend $50 at Epcot. I hope you're not hungry after spending. Well, I can think of as an exception; those will come up. But I don't want to make this podcast go three hours. But yes, so just so you have an idea, the pr- the prices are higher this year. At Universal.
0: Okay. All right.
1: So the the king cake, which we'll talk about, the signature king cake, which is I'm holding it with my hands like people can see this. Uh, it's a huge cinnamon roll with Mardi Gras frosting on top of it. It's not really a king cake, but it's a really good cinnamon roll. Last year it was ten ninety nine. This year it's thirteen ninety nine. Oh. That's wow. a that's a typical example.
0: Okay, all right, but well, that thing will last you some time. We brought. I remember bringing that thing home last year. And I remember you did. I I poo so. poo. I,
1: poo-poo, I poo-poo <laughs> the cinnamon roll because they call it a king cake. Right. But that's that's me. Best me being a food blogger. So yeah. I apologize.
0: Yeah. All right. Well, let's get into the bracket. And so we have uh, a 24 team, which will be the booths. Uh, single elimination tournament going on here. Um, so we're going to have some first rounds that are a little bit of play-ins to get into our top eight seeds. Um, you okay, gave some so, recommendations so, for so, that. S- so let's talk about that.
1: Sn- yeah. Snarky comment for the food blog, from the food blogger. Is anyone shocked that Jeremy left to his own devices, came up with a bracket challenge? Right. Okay. That's what I just want to make sure I say that. Um, I in producing your show. Cause I didn't ask you. I just told you in this part, <laughs> this is the yeah. one part I told you, I said, give me a few minutes to figure out what the eight seeds are. And I took about 10 minutes to figure out what the top eight were. Yep. I don't know that I agree with all the top eight I picked, but I was trying to pick what most people would think were the top eight.
0: Yeah. And and I think that's perfect.
1: And and, and then I kind of, as we go along.
0: Yeah. And then I kind of just place them into this uh, bracket, just, you know, as, as seeing fit, I think this one's a lot different. You know, this isn't like doing a, um, you know, a ride challenge where obviously there are, you know, e-ticket rides that are going to be in the top seed. So I Mm -hmm. think this one's pretty fair, and I think we could see maybe some cool upsets. Um, So again, we've got uh, four different sections, uh, bracket areas that we're going to go around, and we'll have these first kind of play-in games in a sense. That'll take us into our top 16, and we'll play down to one winner uh, and discuss the food and some of your favorites as we go along. So first, we're going to start with the 16-seed Japan versus the 17-seed Japan italy uh talk to me a little bit about these booths and which one comes out on top
1: uh as your though you didn't know your seating is probably pretty even for these those of you who went to Mardi Gras last year the japan booth is the home of the ube waffle cone which not arguably was clearly in the top three best items at mardi gras last year it's ube ice cream i don't know how they make ube ice cream taste so good but universal has a supplier for ube ice cream they use it at twosome for their mardi gras shake mm. it's great and it comes in a waffle cone and it comes with all kinds of things and it's wonderful It was a fusion booth, sorry english fusion booth last year this year it's in japan booth which ironically is in the sting alley area so if you were familiar with hhn it's where they had meats meats Okay, yeah. So it's kind of set up the same way. Um, there's also um, some bao buns you could get there and then kind of a Japanese pancake. I'm not cheating with notes this time. I'll cheat later. The other one is going up against the Italy booth, which is always at the gelato area at Louis Pizza. Yeah. Um, and they have the, oh, they have a brioche ice cream uh, sandwiches, which weren't bad. And then they have the arancini, which I think you had last year.
0: Yes, we did.
1: Um, the Aroncini probably aren't as good this year. Okay. However, before we decide this, and you can see this first shameless plug of the thing. You can see this in my review on Pirates and Princess of the Ube Waffle Cone, because it was the best thing, and I have hyped that thing up beyond belief. Opening day was not good for the Waffle Cone place. The okay. setup was not good. They were putting ice cream in hot waffle cones mm. and serving them in Florida. Oh, yeah. I know I purchased one in partnership with uh, Thrill's Taste Travel, our buddy Xavier. And I. he usually covers most of the food when we do stuff together. I was like, I'm paying for this one because I don't think you're going to get a darn bit of content out of this. Yeah. I can see where this is going. So we got. I took care of that one, and it was halfway melted before I even got to oh, places. Yeah. However, I had one a couple of days later. It was pretty good. This is a tough call, but if I had to choose, I would pick any place with the Ube ice cream.
0: Okay. All right. So um, we'll, because we'll Italy,
1: Italy tends to be inconsistent because they're really serving it out of the gelato booth at Louis. And if you're not, if Louis, if you're not familiar, is a pizza place at Universal Studios Florida. The p- theme park pizza may be better in park than at Walt Disney World. But that's like saying it's a faster turtle. It's not really moving that quickly. Right. right. So
0: <laughs> We've not had it. We've not had it there.
1: It's 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 probably your best option in theme park pizza that's not Via Napoli or something right. like
0: that. Okay, that makes sense. We'll we'll put it on the list. We still have a lot to learn about food and, and Universal in general, so that's the whole reason we have you on shows like this.
1: I um, think I can <laughs> at least pretend like I know what I'm talking about.
0: Yeah, no, you definitely do. All right, we're going to move on to the number nine, Brazil versus number 24. Um, there are four different uh, New Orleans booths, and so this is the number two uh New Orleans booth. So that versus Brazil, um what do these have? What do you like at each of these and who comes out on top?
1: Okay, technically I can see why you're confused. There's only two New Orleans booths. You're okay. confusing it with the French Quarter booth. Oh, French Quarter. I'm so I sorry. So, I'm I so sorry. Totally yeah. Totally get that.
0: Yep, two New Orleans uh-huh. booths, we'll have four French Quarter. That's right.
1: The Brazil booth, this is a trend at Universal and at SeaWorld. Um they have a steak portion. Here it's, you know, a steak skewer. That's some of the best seasoned steak that I've had at any food festival. Oh, okay. Um, it's probably based on people who have had both. Probably better than the version you get La Cellier cranks out for the food festival. Oh, wow. Um, however, then there's also items that, quite frankly, um, are not worth the money, or they're way, way too small. Okay. They do. Have, the Brazil book does have the return of the. The teardrop chicken fritters, mm-hmm. which have been kind of a staple along the way. The New Orleans, we're doing two, right?
0: Yes. Yeah, this is number two. Correct.
1: New Orleans, too, gets high marks because they have a vegan item. Universal has been really upgrading their vegan game as cauliflower, dirty rice. But I wasn't impressed, even though several people who I greatly respect as vegan diners thought it was really good. Mm-hmm. I wasn't impressed compared to other items at that point. And there's a crawfish etouffee, which I have to practice saying correctly with my southern accent. Um, It was okay. It wasn't great. For those of you wondering, how did John really eat all these things? There's only one thing on the Mardi Gras food list that I have not eaten, and we'll get to that at some point. So just so you're aware, I had every single item except for one. Wow. Um, So yes, I did try these. If I had to choose, I would go with the Brazil Tint. Because you can find far superior items. Like that steak is arguably some of the best seasoned steak at a food festival. I mean, I've gone to some table service places at Universal and Disney that the steak didn't taste as good. The problem is the portion size is very small, but you should expect that with with food festival.
0: Right. Yeah. Okay. All right. I'm marking that down for
1: sure. I think it was $10 or $11 before discounts.
0: For the steak. All right. Yeah, yeah,
1: I'm, and it did. It did come with a few other things, little sides.
0: Yeah, perfect. Okay, all right. We're gonna move down into our next quadrant. Quadrant. This is going to be uh, French Quarter number two versus New Orleans number one, and these are the 13th and 20th seeds, uh, respectively. So we'll start with the second French Quarter menu, um, which is pretty much all the twisted taters and such this year. Correct. Yep. This is,
1: do you, do you like twisted taters and all the variations with twisted tater with a Frank twisted tater with queso spoiler alert? The food blogger doesn't because you're paying for a lot and they're really just messy and you're not really getting much for it. Yeah. And though universal does a good job with that. It's only a slight step up from what you would get at a really, really good County fair. Yeah. Good state fair.
0: That's very comparable
1: um however the new orleans one booth and i want to give universal credit because i hear rumblings that the chefs had too many items and they wouldn't fit that's why they're in city walk this year the new orleans tents are in city walk okay they have three food tents in city walk and two bonus tents in island adventure which is the first time they've ever done that yeah that's right um new orleans one is has shrimp and smoked cheddar cheese grits which i thought were okay but how do I say this nicely? Rhonda would not approve.
0: Okay. <laughs> I was just going to ask.
1: Um, <laughs> she would not. I'm telling her to skip that. Okay. Um And they had um, a ramen type. They call it mean. I'm saying that wrong with the wrong emphasis, but it basically tasted like a decent version of their modified um, ramen from Comic Strip Cafe. Okay. Which is good com- with good theme park quick service ramen, but it's just ramen yeah so this comes down to because i'm gonna throw this back at Jeremy, this is the beauty of being the guest um how much do you like the twisted taters at universal because that determines who wins
0: <clears throat> um i mean uh, yeah I, th- I think you had a perfect example that it's it's the same as any sort of county fair like i i like them but it's not something that i'm gonna rush to and try here um i don't i, I know in a sense it's trying to be unique to maybe more mm-hmm. of a theme park festival but yeah it's I I like them. I would, looking at this, I would rather get Rana's opinion on the the grits and um, get my girl's opinion on the ramen because they love ramen. And if they're properly Mm -hmm. doing a seven-minute egg, I really enjoy those in a ramen or in a dish. So I would more so lean towards the New Orleans menu number one
1: in this scenario. Right. And the the ramen comes with a chork. You're familiar with the universal chork, right? I
0: can't say that I am.
1: Okay. Universal has a utensil. It's really the only place I've ever seen it where they take some cheap plastic chopsticks. Okay. And you can use them with chopsticks, but on the other side, it's a fork.
0: Oh, I have seen it. And they do,
1: cu- they do call it a chork.
0: Okay. All right. Well, I like that. So that's
1: that's the only menu item you can get it with that. So if we're going to go with New Orleans menu one. Yep. So twisted taters fall. And so anybody a fan of twisted taters is is revolting and throwing stuff at their podcatching device. Yeah.
0: I'll say I think with the Twisted Taters, like you you see the description, you see the menu, you see somebody in front mm-hmm. of you, you get it, and then it's exactly what you expect. Like I don't think yes. you're gonna be disappointed, but you're also not gonna be blown away. It is a spiraled fried potato with some different flavorings that are all pretty good, but I don't yeah, again, I don't think like most of these menu items I can look at and go, all right, is that gonna be really good or not? Uh, you know, where's that gonna fall in that range? And yeah, the twisted taters are exactly what you expect. So um th- yeah, not a not a bad thing. And and right. I can say for, for the kids, that's one we know we can go to and say, look, do you want basically kettle chips on a stick? Here you go. Yep. And, and we know that they're going to enjoy it. So that's where I see an advantage to it. But otherwise, yeah, I'd skip over it to try some of these other items for sure.
1: In, in fairness, if you're a, um, twisted tater fan, the line at Mardi Gras will be way shorter than it will be during Halloween Horror Nights. Oh yeah. So just for the record.
0: Yeah. No, that's a great point. Um. All right, we are now going to move on to number 12 seed, uh, French Quarter, menu number one versus the 21 seed, Taste of the Mediterranean. Um, And Okay, Jeremy, did you
1: look look at the menu of Taste of the Mediterranean?
0: I did not. Let me pull it up right now. Uh, Crepe Suzette and Grilled Octopus. That is the only one you did not try, correct?
1: That is correct. I tried to, to get the Grilled Octopus three different times. There is evidence of other food bloggers who you may know who tried it, and the booth did not open on time and so i had to go to one time i had to go to a dining thing at the paddlefish which was great and then i had to go to a dining event at the four rivers um, smokehouse because they have not just the food truck at disney springs they have 14 locations in the florida area and that was great so i had to leave um the crepe suzette let me let me make this one quick Crepes Suzette made my top three things you should not order at Universal Orlando Mardi Gras.
0: Oh, wow. Okay.
1: It was terrible. Especially when you have a Central Park crepes, which I know they're not real crepes, but serves phenomenal crepes. Yeah. Um, some of the people who've tried the grilled octopus, it was okay, but not spectacular.
0: Okay. That sounds probably where I would rate it without even having it.
1: Right. And so I'm I, all over the place I've even, with octopus. I've even I've even forgotten. Oh, French Quarter one. French Quarter one yep. would be kink cake and beignets, right?
0: Oh yeah, yeah.
1: Okay, this is not really hard to figure out.
0: Yeah, I'm with um, you there.
1: <laughs> the beignets are not; they're not scat cut club level. If you want good beignets, they're a little hit or miss over at Pat O'Brien's, but that's a better option. Mm-hmm. But yeah, this is easy. Okay. The beignets and kink cake win.
0: All right yeah I think that's a yeah that's an easy one um all right we're gonna move up into the next side and we're gonna go with the fifteenth seeded Indonesia Indonesia, and then we put on here a number eighteen seed, the tribute store um since they do have a lot of items and honestly we had to get twenty four uh booths so that is going in there. What do you think of these two? I gotta pull up Indonesia I see crab you on you see crab.
1: So. Just for the record, that crab cost you $18.99. And I'll talk about that in just a second. Okay. Um, We did consider putting in um, Today Cafe, Croissant Moon, and San Francisco Pastry Company. They all have wonderful treats. If you want to read more about those, yes, I've already written reviews of those. But we couldn't figure out a way to get those in. The tribute store um, is a wonderful thing. They always have treats. If you went to Mardi Gras last year, they're basically the same treats this year. Okay. Um so as from a food blogging standpoint, I didn't have a high opinion of them, but they were pretty good last year. Yeah. So take that for what it's worth. The Indonesian booth involves Indonesia style chili crab. Um though I understand from the media events, which I did not attend, that the chili crab served there was pretty good when we ordered it on Sunday night second night of Mardi Gras from the Indonesian tent and bias here. Um, I did work um, teaching seminary and training people in Indonesia and Malaysia. So oh, wow. I know what this is supposed to taste like. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> no, this was not good. It was awful. And if you have any aversion to spice whatsoever, this is the spiciest thing that Universal has served since they served the Jamaican jerk chicken. Oh, wow. Okay. The, the Indo- Indonesian-style fried rice with egg was bland and, quite frankly, needed more spice. And the, the purple sticky rice, I'm intentionally not saying the, the, the Bahasa nature words there. The purple sticky rice pudding rice is vegan. It's good, but you need to like coconut. If you are not a okay. huge fan of coconut, the coconut milk and the toasted coconut shavings are going to turn you off on that dish. Oh, okay. so it's a good value. I think it's under six dollars. Oh wow! Or discounts. Yeah. So.
0: Um. Well, that that is that is disappointing because that those these are menu items that I look at and gets me super excited. Um. Now uh-huh. I did I did love the Angry Crab over at Epcot. Um. Currently for Festival of the Arts, which I had a very good friend Rachel who did not I was care gonna for. Say it shout out to it. Rachel. Yeah. Um. I absolutely loved it. I'm going to try and get it. If we end up at Epcot tomorrow at some point, I would easily get it again. Uh, so I saw this on this menu, and I got super excited. Um, but, yeah, that is, that is are, disappointing to Are you, to hear are on you this. super
1: excited for $19, even if my review Not is incorrect? Not
0: at all, especially okay. when the Angry Crab, which was a full, decent-sized soft-shell mm-hmm. crab, um, with some different sides and everything going with it and a slaw and things like that. Uh, I believe that is under like $9. So that is less right. than half the price over at Festival of the Arts for what sounds like a much better item, $19. That's that's the and most expensive s- menu item throughout right. Marty Gras. That is the most expensive. Okay.
1: And spoiler, I can't remember because I wrote this literally after, I mean, at the airport flying back. Yeah, I believe this item makes my top three things to avoid. Okay. All right. Just so you understand
0: so then you're you're putting tribute store, I take it, with their, I with their the treats. i putting tribute store
1: because it is safe unless you're, you're going to have – you might go in a diabetic coma walking yeah. – th- ordering those things because it's sugar combined with sugar with some cinnamon that wrapped in some sugar.
0: Yeah. Yeah, my, my only – and not specific to Mardi Gras, but just in general to the tribute stores is they have some of the – and this is where I think Disney was falling into a trap so often and they've actually gotten better was they were making foods – That were so social media and Instagram worthy, but used to lack on flavor or uh, for me in the tribute store, even being understanding how to eat some of these items, because a lot of the ones is going to be, you know, it might be like just say a chocolate brownie that has a vanilla fondant on top. And then it's got some sort of, you know, um, other chocolate medallion and you can't get and they need to all be combined into one bite to make all those flavors work. And a lot of times they're super hard to eat. Um, I go back to the ET one. That was a beautiful looking dessert. But you you could barely get into it. As soon as you tried to crack into some of the fondant and the chocolates, it was just all over the place. And then you're picking it apart and trying to get a full bite. That's only been my complaint about that. But there's some of the best looking treats and desserts you'll find anywhere. They're all pieces. In fairness,
1: the Mardi Gras versions don't suffer from that problem. Your your criticism is valid. Good. Okay. They they do a lot of the, the big chocolate piece on top of our brownie. Yeah. Perfect. Or their their trifle cake with the little chocolate pieces that they tend to do really well. Yeah.
0: All right. Well, we'll I know we'll be stopping there in uh, two Fridays from now because we get Lacey something from there every single time. So we're going to move on down into our next section here. Uh, number 10 seed, Columbia versus number 23, Trinidad and Tobago. Um, so I colombia has got empanadas and arepas. I will usually enjoy an empanada and arepa if they're done properly. Um, the arepas are repeat item correct because i swear i had those last year
1: technically they are a repeat item but i think i don't know if we talked before recording or after recording after we started recording these are the same name these are not the same product okay um the arepas are a corn mesa bread great where they just threw some mozzarella cheese on top it and left it under a warmer oh, that's all they are boo spoiler the empanadas no matter what the photo says to you the empanadas are two tiny, tiny empanadas. They're barely bigger than the dip cup they give you. Oh, wow. And hardly have any filling. If you, I believe I wrote, I know this made the top three. I had a bonus one. Now I remember how I wrote that. Uh, the Columbia booth itself made the top three places you, should, you shouldn't go to during Mardi Gras. Okay. Both of their items were not worth the money and didn't take, have the quality and were a waste of time, quite frankly.
0: Okay. Well, and, and this is where this is where you're having you on. I think is just so valuable having because, you know, even when we do reviews of these, sometimes we can't give a clear cut picture of every single item in every single booth. You know, we just don't have the time to do it. So I think right. this helps so much because most people that are going don't have four weeks to sample all the items and they might be I only there for, a for the hours. record i only had
1: i only had one week
0: one then that's even more impressive so <laughs> okay. but you know but a lot of people are showing up like us they're going to get there they're going to the, you know most of the booths are going to open at 11 they might eat till two or three or something mm-hmm. and then they're going on to their next thing or they're riding rides and they don't get to sample everything so i think especially when you come down to getting these discount um food cards you know, you really want to look at planning out your day and finding the yes. items that are going to be most enjoyable because there is nothing worse than dropping, you know, 10 to 12 bucks on a dish. I'm looking at Italy and Epcot almost every mm-hmm. single festival and it being a huge disappointment. Not only one, because you just wasted money, and two, you just wasted space in your stomach that you could have put something delicious. So it's I, good I for people to, that, to plan out, you know?
1: I believe what I typed before getting on the plane was. It's not that this stuff isn't reasonable it's just you're using valuable stomach space and you shouldn't do that
0: yeah well and one of the things that we've always chatted about when you listen to some of the other episodes especially when we compared you know kind of like restaurants at both disney and universal is you know price versus what you get um yes is, is just so very very important and that can be based on portion side that size that can be based on quality you know some people are perfectly fine with spending less money For a less quality item because they're on a budget. You know, some people are okay with saying, well, yeah, I'm all right. Buying that filet mignon at who knows what kind of price at a fancy steakhouse, even though, you know, you're not getting the same portion size as a much cheaper item at some other areas. So I think being able to budget things out and really, you know, plan out your day uh, is super helpful because if you just show up to any of these festivals and I would imagine that SeaWorld is the same, completely blind and you just walk in and go, hey, I got 50 bucks, let's eat some food. You're probably most of the time gonna come out fairly disappointed, right?
1: I would agree. Um since you mentioned SeaWorld. Yeah. SeaWorld did have me out for their media event. Um, there are some pretty good options at SeaWorld, and there are some horrible, horrible (laughs) hold on one more time. I need one more. Horrible options at SeaWorld.
0: Oh, jeez. I gotta get out there one year. So we we yeah Sea World is in our radar somewhere, but I definitely want to check out some of these types of festivals. Um, looking at the Trinidad and Tobago menu, I see another crab item. This has more mm-hmm. soft shell crab. Is this uh falling uh, to the same
1: as Indonesia? My, is this not
0: good or is this
1: my my notes say the crab and dumplings are interesting texture. I'm literally just reading off my notes. Um, the sauce reminds me of the slime from Nickelodeon um because of the color so that's a problem okay uh the flavor is okay but the crab is the weakest part of the dish so i'm gonna pick it over columbia but i'm not gonna pick it as a roaring oh gosh you got to go get it okay i had i had the flory which is kind of like fried dough it was okay i had the chickpea doubles um those were a good those were and this is not meant to sound negative those were a good vegan option okay but if you're not here, a non-vegan diner, I would skip it.
0: Okay, that's a great point because we are, we are non-vegan diners because we're not vegan, but we often eat vegan dishes. So it is. So this is, it's, this so this is one for me to of, pass over. Yeah, okay. this
1: is an example of if you're a non-vegan diner who's trying to adjust your diet, this would not be the item to choose. Perfect.
0: Yeah, no, I'm learning a lot from here, so I'm putting. I'm going to be well prepared when we go down there. Um, next, we are moving into our next quadrant here. Number 14 seated India versus number 19 seated Mexico. I'm very interested to hear your thoughts on this one because, as again, going back to my Disney brain, uh, these are typically two of my favorite types of booths mm-hmm. at the festivals, uh, just based on the cuisine and style that I happen to enjoy. I mean, Mexican food is probably easily my favorite uh, overall. So, interested to hear what you thought here.
1: This one's going to be tricky because... Um, I think all three of the items at the India booth are vegetarian. So that gets more plus they're not vegan. They're vegetarian. Um, at the Mexico booth, they have, um, and shout out to my friend, Shelby Castle, who runs Orlando, you know, universal Orlando vegans. Um, she's been cheering and spouting about how we needed vegan churros at universal Orlando. Well, we finally got them. All right. Um, and, and. This sounds awfully negative, but I don't have a better way to say it. For vegan churros, the churros are good. Okay. If you're looking for all the things, the gelatin, the other things that many of us who are not vegan diners don't notice, we just take for granted, Yeah. you will not like these vegan churros. Okay. I thought they were good. No doubt. Um. I thought all three of the items at the India booth, the two, the two bhajis, uh, there's a There's a stew version and a fritter version, and the dessert, I thought, were all pretty good. Not great, but good. Yeah. Um, Mexico, I went there a couple times because it's near Cafe La Bamba for obvious reasons. Um, I did not experience anything that was above average. Oh, that's a shame. Yeah, sorry to say that. (laughs) Sorry to break that news to you. They had tostadas, tostada cerveche, which was just okay. Um, The tacos were literally just average. They weren't even as good as they were during HHN. And the elotes, the street corn, actually, I need to take it back. The street corn were slightly above average and the portion size is fairly large and the presentation is good. Okay, But you don't, Go to the food booth just to get a large ear of corn with a bunch of seasoning on it. Because right. they use the same cheese. They use at Thunder Falls Terrace for the rice bowls, if you're familiar with that. Yep. Um I I would have to take the India booth in this case. Now okay. I do want to put a disclaimer in that some of my food blogging colleagues were not as big a fan of the India booth as I was.
0: Okay. All right. No, that's that's fair though. I, I mean, yeah, that's one of those that's so hard because you can look at uh, just me looking at the menu items. Mexico mm-hmm. gets me so super excited and then you know to hear that calls of a bit I flat pretty,
1: I was pretty disappointed and they didn't have items ready and there were lots of problems and so I went back that's going to be a story of things not being ready opening day yeah. those of you who go to Epcot food festivals you know what that's like oh yeah way um, too familiar yeah it was it was way too often this trip
0: okay do, do you, yeah, do you find that in general with you know the the dining and stuff that you do at Universal as far as some of these festivals and things go that, that it is similar to Disney that it's opening just, day it's, is not the day to go?
1: It's not been that way historically, okay, but this year it was, yeah,
0: yeah, it's those growing pains we've we've noticed it yes. almost every year with you know, Epcot and usually t- can take two or three days for them to kind of get their rhythm um and get into it. So that's where we usually try and go back and. And retry items that we maybe didn't love. But, you know, as we're saying before, when you've got a budget or you've got limited time there, That's there's, right. you, you don't you don't have time to have a, a bad item or a bad meal. You know, it's I mean, same thing over at Disney. If we go somewhere and we have something or a menu or an item, you know, or a whole meal that we don't really care for, we want to go back and give it another chance. But it's not coming anytime soon because there's so many other places to go that maybe we haven't been or items we haven't right. tried. So um, and, and I kind of hate that for them. I mean. You know, it's understandable to have those opening day jitters and maybe not have items perfect, you know, for the first time you open a booth. But you're going to leave that lasting impression on people that are there. And especially when the majority of those people out there are folks who are writing about it or putting it on social media, or doing podcasts. That's that's a tough one.
1: And spoiler, because it is one of my seated tent food tents. Mm -hmm. We have two seated food tents that did not have their items ready on opening day. Oh wow! And so my colleagues from very reputable who I greatly respect and love working with who might, who might plan some tours or have some news today, did reviews on opening weekend on these places and their reviews were not good because not all the ingredients were with the items.
0: Yeah. Yeah. That's tough. Like I
1: literally just finished writing a blog before we started recording of one of the items. We'll get to that in a second. Okay. But speeding this up, uh the Puerto Rico versus the French booth. Yes. That's where we are right yes, now. Yes, we are. Puerto Rico has the Mafungo trio, which Mafungo is something they've kind of used a couple different ways. And then a word I can never say, but there's a vegan version and a non vegan version, which is which is crispy green bananas and, and masa that's filled. It's kind of like they take banana. It's a common Puerto Rico treat. Take a banana and they kind of fry it into a into a lovely treat with some with other things. Okay. It was pretty good, but it wasn't wonderful. The Mafunko Trio in the f- – yes, yes, this is true. I'm not making this up. In the four times we tried it – Wow. Um, No, I didn't pay for all four of these. In the four times we tried it, it was very inconsistent.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Um, The French booth, which you wouldn't know was a French booth, it's the Central Park crepe stand.
0: Yeah, I was going to say, uh, Muffalata crepe. That I don't understand what's happening. I mean, I get they're trying to do this fusion of Mardi mm-hmm. Gras and, and French food, but that just sounds weird.
1: It tasted okay. Okay. It's a little... This is kind of like complaining about too much chocolate at some Chocolate Factory. It had a little too much of that olive and that style of meat yeah. that you get in a muffaletta. Yeah. Okay, so that's like complaining you invite a a shameless podcast food blogger to come on and all he does is talk about what he's written. It's kind of like, it's not really a fair complaint. Right. (laughs) Um, so if I had to pick these two, I would probably go with, Oh, it hurts me. I hadn't thought about this one. I'm going to pick the Puerto Rico menu because they have the vegan item. Okay. That's literally the tiebreaker here.
0: All right. No, I like that. I mean, we're, you know, we, we talk a lot now about vegan and vegetarian items and you've got a lot of folks out there that are going that route. And so it's right. good to have those, those options for sure. All right. So now I mean, we're like, going to go ahead. Sorry. Yeah. Um, well, I was going to say, we're going to get into our final 16 here. Um, so we got a couple new boosts that are going to be thrown into the mix to go up against these first round challengers. And that's starting with the number one seed, which is the French quarter Menu number three versus Japan, who is our 16th seed. Um, I'll be honest, when you gave me the eight and you just said, hey, kind of, you know, whatever you think for those eight, I just took French Quarter and put it up there as the number one seed because we're talking about Mardi Gras. And so I feel like that should be a number one seed. So they've got a lot to live up to there. Um, So, yeah, this is menu number three for this one.
1: Yeah, this is jambalaya and shrimp gumbo.
0: Yeah, I've had both of these in the past.
1: From a food... Right. From a food festival standpoint, they taste the same this year as they did last year. They taste the same this year as they did two years ago. Um, And that's not a negative. Universal, usually, as HHN fans should know, doesn't recycle things very much. Yeah. Um, This year, there's a lot more food recycling, but of course, there's probably 50% more booths this year.
0: Right. Yeah, I Um, noticed
1: that. What's your opinion of the jambalaya and the gumbo?
0: I, I enjoyed them. Um, you know, this is, and and I feel like I sound like a jerk that I always bring this up now, but, you know, I've tried a, tried a lot of New Orleans and Mardi Gras style foods at mm-hmm. festivals prior to when I actually got to go to Mardi Gras in New Orleans last year and be there and try these at legitimate mm-hmm. restaurants um, and, and try the real thing. I will say these are those types of items that if you've had the real deal, these aren't as good. If you've never had the real deal and you're mm-hmm. trying to get a taste of New Orleans and Mardi Gras, I think they're wonderful. And and they're going to give you an idea of what to expect. So it's one of those you wouldn't want to work back. Same thing. Like if you've never had a crab cake, don't get one outside of Maryland for your first time. Is, you know, <laughs> un- unless I've recommended right. it. I'm just going to put that out there. Um, kind of the same thing. But if you've had Maryland crab cakes and you sometimes get them somewhere else, you're like, all right, well, it's not as good, but I get it. Like you just, you know, uh, yeah, I, I'd. It's never going to be as good as the real deal, I don't think. But I thought they did a pretty good job on these. And they're flavorful. Uh, I think with any of these, a lot of times, except for the, the chili crab dish you were talking about earlier, they definitely hold back a little bit on some of the spices and the flavors. Um, mm-hmm. But they got to make it you know, yes. popular for everybody, which totally makes sense. So I think you're getting what you would expect from a food festival at a theme park with items like this. And I think that's a perfectly good thing
1: um the one thing that pushes this ahead of the ube waffle from japan would be that is what we're up against right yes
0: yep up against japan okay
1: um is that the price for the jambalaya bowl and the shrimp gumbo bowl i'm doing this off the top of my head so i'm going to inflate the price is less than eight dollars
0: oh wow that's great
1: so um there's value there um Criticism of the shrimp gumbo is sometimes you can't find some of the ingredients, yeah. you know, you can't find them. Okay, but welcome to gumbo. Gumbo is New Orleans Cajun version of stir fry. Yeah. It's whatever you have in the house and you throw together. Yep. Uh, the jambalaya is pretty good. Just be prepared for the crawfish on top of your jambalaya.
0: Yes, which I it is a bonus to me, but that's one of those where you can see that turning some folks off.
1: Right. Yeah. Okay. So for me, this is, an easy, this is an easy win for French Quarter 3.
0: All right. Perfect. All right. We are moving down now to number nine, Brazil versus number eight, Denmark. So I really got to look up these menus here. Especially, uh, yeah, Denmark mm-hmm. here. So and Brazil. I knew you'd okay. be surprised
1: that, that, Denmark, that Denmark was in here.
0: Yeah. Frickadella meatballs food items with at Danish Denmark, gravy. they have. Interesting. Okay.
1: Yep. Those actually were pretty good. I recall them being $7.99. I don't have the prices in front of me, so I apologize. Um, those were pretty good. Um, what was I going to compare them to? I'll see what, but that won't help your audience. But like when you get meatballs at the food festival at Epcot, the you're getting more of them for this booth. Okay, and then then there was kind of we'll call it a deconstructed hot dog. It comes as a hot dog, but you could see where they're adding a lot of different things. It's a Danish version of a hot dog. It actually wasn't bad. Okay, we all thought well, all of the group I was with. I think there was four of us at that time that had this. It. It was pretty good. All right. I mean, I, I have no doubt of putting this in the top eight. Uh, if Brazil had one more consistent item, we would have a conversation, but Brazil has too many inconsistent items.
0: All right. So we're taking Denmark. And, and I got to say, I know we're not talking beverages, but from a beverage standpoint, I want to get Odin's Skull.
1: Okay, it, just to clarify. Just amazing. That sounds the, great. The menu you're you're look, you're looking at does not show prices. No,
0: it does not. So the, it's got to be
1: The bev- the beverages at Denmark were very high.
0: Are they? Okay. I
1: I seem to recall the Mead flight off the top of my head and if someone wants to message me it's not hard to find me in the main street group or on Twitter. I recall the Mead flight being $25.
0: Holy moly.
1: Wow. And so, uh, so I'm going to guess the Odin oh, skull is between 15 and 18.
0: All right, I may not you, get that anymore. You,
1: <laughs> right, and you cannot use your refillable cup for that.
0: I was going to say, yeah, um, as I recall. Do uh, do pass order discounts? I, I sidetracked this there. No, that's fine. No, I think this is great info. So I know that you could use the you can use the food no, card on beverages, no correct or not. Dis- and no, but you can right. use the food card, but no pass order discount on beverage, on alcoholic beverages. That's correct. Okay, all right, that that's that sounds correct. right. I mean, that's fair. So.
1: Your only way to get a discount on alcohol is the food and beverage card.
0: Got you. Okay. So, I mean, it's still a, a decent way to get it. I'd love if they did something like that over at Disney. I'd love if they did anything over at Disney
1: for a discount, but um, right, well, I know they I sometimes do pass holder. They, yeah. they, they don't need to yet.
0: No, they do not. And, and even the pass holder one, sometimes yet. it's on food booths and it's like, yeah, it's like four food booths. You don't know which one it ever is. Nobody asks you. So it's all up uh-huh. to you if you remember mm-hmm. to ask them and. All right, we're going to get into number four, Germany versus number 13. Uh, This will be, or I'm sorry, number 20. This will be the New Orleans booth uh, menu number one. So let's start with Germany that we have not yet talked about here. Um, Potato pancakes and schnitzel. So pretty common
1: for German. Okay, shockingly, the potato pancakes taste a lot better than you think they would with the apple butter and the sour cream. Um, The chicken schnitzel this year, they give you a decent piece of Here's my best analogy, and I hate to use this with you, of course. Imagine you took a bigger piece of the thigh meat that's used, chicken thigh meat that's used for the thigh high biscuits at homecoming. Uh-huh. And you flattened it more and you spread it out a lot more into a schnitzel shape. So it's a lot larger and you use a good piece. And then you you prepare it really, really well. And then you add some beer cheese, macaroni and cheese with it. Mm. That's what that order is. Okay. <laughs>
0: Now now this used to was this um Mardi Gras that in the years past had the pork schnitzel on the pretzel bun?
1: Yeah, except it was on the it was on the bun and it looked it looked like it came out of Pim Kitchen yes. over in Avengers campus at Disneyland. Yep. Yes.
0: Okay. All right. That's what that's what I was thinking, and that's what I used to actually enjoy. Um so I'd be interested to This, try this Schnitzel is better. It is. Really? Yes. Okay. But you're not getting any sort of bun. It's literally just topped with that basically right. beer, cheese, mac, and mm-hmm. cheese. Okay. All right. I, well, I would give beer that cheese, a try.
1: Beer cheese, mac, the beer, cheese, mac, and cheese comes in a separate container.
0: Oh, okay.
1: Interesting. The schnitzel is served by itself and actually is worth being served by itself.
0: Oh, well, that's good to hear. All right. So then how does that compare up to our uh, New Orleans menu number one, um, which I know we already kind of <laughs> talked about a little bit, but that was the yeah, um, I, I'm so- rice grits. That's right. And the ramen. So that's the um, one you did not even it's not even okay. a
1: comparison. The potato pancakes are the are better than both of those items. Wow. OK.
0: All right. Well, that's going to move us down to our next one, which is going to be 12th seated French quarter. Number one menu versus the number five Spain. How did how did these compare to each other? Uh, we've got a paella at Spain. We've got a bocadillo mm-hmm. at Spain, which I usually love in a leche here. Um, tell me the bocadillo is good, please.
1: The Bocadillo is good. Oh, good.
0: I'm so glad to hear that.
1: (laughs) Now, I want to be clear. Uh, I still have a review to type up on the Paella and the Bocadillo. Are they great? No. Are they good and worth the money you're spending? Yes. Perfect. All right. Uh, The Leche Frida... uh... I'm a little spoiled because I've been hanging out with Xavier of Thrill Taste Travels too much. And he has a sweet tooth beyond what any human should be allowed. So I've (laughs) tried about every dessert at Universal Orlando in the last couple of weeks. Yeah. Um the leche Frito just doesn't match up. Okay. Not it's not bad. Yeah. Uh the payo is good. Our since I'm doing shout-outs today, um, our buddy Skipper Bob and Justin Monorail. Um, they had it when I met them on opening day of Mardi Gras, and it was pretty good. I had it on Sunday, and the squid and the mussels, though the texture is a little bit off, they, yeah. it, it works. And the chorizo with the paella works pretty well. The negative of the Spanish food tent is it's a food truck, so if you're familiar with the San Francisco food truck that used to serve macaroni and cheese. Yep, it served out of there, and for an opening week, it was gone for a couple of days. Oh, so okay. when you go, it may not be there, which is why I was hesitant to put it in the top eight.
0: Okay, all right, I'll note that as well because yeah, I, I definitely would give these a try if assuming it is around and they don't just drive it off into Neverland right. here. Um, so you're taking Spain, though? I take it as the winner of this round.
1: Uh, yeah, the French quarter that we're probably going against beignets and king cake, right? Yeah, and uh, yeah, this is much better.
0: Okay, all right. We're going to move up into our next top right quadrant. We're going to go with uh, number two seated Central City versus number 18 seated. That will be all of the treats at the Tribute Store. Um, I will say I've enjoyed the the Central City in the past. Um, again, if you're comparing it to getting these same types of things outside of a food festival, I think all the flavors for me were always there. Uh, we're talking about a crawfish and shrimp boil, crawfish boil, shrimp boil, beignets and all like that i've enjoyed it i was kind of pleasantly surprised um kids did not like it it was for them it had too much flavoring Mm -hmm. and too much spice for them but i really enjoyed it and it was better for me because i got to pretty much eat everything because they didn't want it so i liked it
1: yeah back to your new orleans conversation if you've had a real bayou boil or what was it three years ago maybe four years ago it's running together in mardi gras they had like an for Universal, they had like an all you could eat Bayou boil event, which was really, really good. Oh, that wow. was really, really expensive. Yes. Um, this comes down to do you like sugary themed treats of the form that Universal does really well? Brownies, trifle cakes, macrons, whoopie pies from the tribute store, or do you prefer Bayou boils with crawfish and sausage and chicken?
0: Yeah, and that's one and that's going to re- split so much because I think you're going to have so many people that do not. Yeah, they do not want to see food boil. Is my guess. I think you're going to you're going to lean much more probably the sweet tooth folks than you are the the crawfish right. style boil. And people, then the, I would
1: think the reason this got in the top eight in the whopping ten minutes I took to plan this out for you <laughs> was this booth also serves beignets. Yeah. So are the beignets? Great at Universal? No. Are they good? And they come in the proper bag, and you can shake them up, and you can do all those things. Yes, they do. And so, because of that factor, I would. Uh, oh, I could, I've found a way to rationalize my decision. Okay. The tribute store items, you. It's a merchandise item, so it's trickier. I don't know if you can use your food and beverage card in the tribute store. Oh, okay. And the and the items cost more. Yeah. Significantly more. Okay. Um, so the beignets don't cost anywhere near as much as most of the treats in the tribute store. All right. So, so to break the tie central, central city, or if you're familiar with the terms at universal the battery park area, yeah. or if you went to HHN, the save your tears bar for the weekend, that's where we're talking, the area we're talking about. Yes.
0: Yeah. All right. I think that's, that's fair for that to be the the tiebreaker there. Um, next we're going to move on down. We've got our number 23 Trinidad and Tobago verse Number seven, Canada. Um, let's see here. So Canada, in- interesting. Okay, so we've got we've got poutine over at Canada, and then most of it, the rest, looks like desserts. So a lot of desserts are um, in Canada, right?
1: Yes, the, yes, there are. But as doing research for an article that literally just got submitted to Pirates and Princesses um, before this, Canada has Mardi Gras. They have Mardi Gras in Quebec. It looks oh, a yeah. lot like the New Orleans New Orleans Mardi Gras. The only exception is they have canoe races down the St. Lawrence river. Of course. And they, and they have a snowman mascot. Oh, okay. So I like that. So I think my smart out throwaway line to make the connection was Mardi Gras in Canada looks a lot like it does in new Orleans, except it's a lot colder. Yeah. I think that was just to make my connection. The Canada booth is the biggest criminal of items, not being available on opening day. Oh, Some, some of my colleagues had the, short rib poutine sorry the poutine was short rib that's what it's called it they didn't have gravy that day if you're familiar with poutine and you do not have gravy i'm not sure why you're having it because poutine is not designed for you to improve your diet right it's not something your personal (laughs) trainer is going to endorse yeah (laughs) then then there was another day where they didn't have short rib oh geez okay Fortunately, I did have it two different days in which I got all the items together. And I have submitted this review already. And basically, I there's many lines of make sure they have all the ingredients and check with the team members. But each individual ingredient is not that great. Okay. But together, it actually works okay. as a really good poutine for less than $10. Oh, okay. And I rated it better than the poutine I reviewed over at the Daily Poutine at Disney Springs. Yeah.
0: Let me, because now that you bring up daily poutine and especially the way Disney does stuff for festivals, where do you draw the line on what makes poutine and what makes just loaded fries? Because I think Disney doesn't understand what poutine truly is and they'll throw, you know, because they'll have, they'll, they'll claim it's a um, Thanksgiving poutine and it's Mm -hmm. fries with cranberry sauce and turkey, which to me Mm -hmm. is loaded fries. It's not a poutine. do, Do you agree? I mean, poutine should have at least Cheese curds in a gravy, and then throw whatever else you want in there for it to be a poutine. Just to go on a completely side tangent. Um,
1: based on the article I linked to my article for good SEO purposes, yeah, <laughs> um, oh, yeah. I looked up poutine and what defines poutine. Okay, perfect. So I have this is fresh in my mind. It needs to have gravy. Yep. And it needs to have cheese curds. We could argue how much, but it has to have cheese curds. As
0: long as those are within the dish, then you can do pretty right. much whatever else you want. Otherwise, right. we are and talking loaded fries.
1: Right, and these articles did say that cheese curds was a negotiable thing. Okay. If you could get close to the squeaky cheese phenomenon, it'd be okay. Right. I mentioned that because I reviewed the, the Jambalaya um, daily poutine back in February. It was like a whole day to try all the new February items at Disney Springs. Yeah. And I found the item was lacking in gravy, so I get the point you're making.
0: Okay. All right. That was just, yeah, my whole side table. What were we talking about here? All right. Canada versus Trinidad and Tobago. Right. So which do you just then?
1: Spoiler alert. The <laughs> the beaver tails or the snowshoes, which are the desserts. They're like the Canadian donuts. Yeah. I didn't think they were great, but they are large. Okay. So that scores you points at a festival. If you've got to entertain some children or some cranky teenagers who are getting hangry. Sorry. You may have experienced that. Uh-huh. This will work. Um, the bacon eh, is okay. It wasn't great. However, it was better. All of those items were better than the items at Trinidad and Tobago.
0: All right. All right. So we'll move Canada on. So we are rounding out here. We've got uh, two more to go through to get to our top eight here. Uh, And that is going to be the third-seeded French Quarter menu number four versus number 14, India. So we're looking at menu number four here, which is going to include your fried green tomato po' boy and a crown cookie over at French Quarter uh, menu number four. Of course, we discussed India earlier um. How was the tomato right. po' The two bajis. Yeah, which is of course um, po' boys are a, a, what do a you, staple do of New s- Orleans.
1: Right, Jeremy. How do you think a fried green tomato po' boy would taste?
0: Um, I, I, for me personally, I am currently not
1: looking at him, so I have no idea what he's saying.
0: For for me personally, <laughs> I I I like fried green tomatoes. I don't think they're the star of a dish or potentially a po' boy. So I would like, I really liked the fried green tomato with, I think it was uh bacon over now at pop eats during festival of the arts. I thought the fried green tomato was a good accompaniment uh, okay. to everything else, but I don't see it as the star of a dish. So for me, I just have a feeling I would eat this and think I'm missing like shrimp or something else to go along with it.
1: Mm, that's fair. Okay. Um, did I mention that <laughs> this item is vegan?
0: Oh, it sure is. So that's and helpful. There, th- is that's why you don't have your with, shrimp. <laughs> comes
1: with Cajun kettle chips. Ooh, that's right. Okay. Um, spoiler: I, I, if you follow me on Twitter, I write a lot of top three articles. It's called Top Three Things. Top three things you should be eating this week at Universal Orlando. Top three things you shouldn't be eating. Top three things you should be eating. Um. The fried green tomato ploy boy has made two lists of things you should be eating in the last week.
0: Interesting.
1: This arguably is the best new item at Universal's Mardi Gras. Wow.
0: That's awesome. Good. I want to try Uh, it then.
1: Spoiler. Spoiler. I hate green tomatoes. Yeah. Okay. Just to give you a perspective, and I'm still saying this.
0: Okay. Well, good. Now, there
1: are other items. There are other items I might get. But this is the best new item at Mardi Gras.
0: Wow. Okay, best new item. Well, then I'm putting this on my list, and I will prove myself wrong by thinking it needs some sort of meat. Because I, I need vegan, to look because
1: so. we haven't gotten to one food tent. Okay, yeah, we are. Okay, there's a, there are one food tent that has some better items. We haven't gotten to it yet. I was getting worried with what okay. I just so said. So then you're picking okay.
0: this over India. Obviously, I, mean, I, I would assume just this based over on this Bobman
1: times. All right. So the crown cookie, the crown cookie that's included is. Is the same average cookie that they serve during HHN, except now it has some frosting. Okay, uh, but it doesn't cost very much. I mean, I think it's five dollars. Okay, that's not bad. There. So, All
0: right. All no, right. Well, then in our I mean, in our final for this round, we've got uh, number twenty-two Puerto Rico versus uh, number six Belgium, which is going to be filled with waffles, isn't it?
1: Well, that's your starting place. <laughs> you have two liege waffles. Yep. One is berries and cream. So strawberries, whipped topping, and then one is a s'more waffle.
0: Ooh, okay.
1: Um, and you also get a returning favorite, the Brussels frites, which quite frankly are just French fries served with two different um, dips. They don't have the third one this year, which I thought was better, which is now a, as Jeremy's favorite thing. It's a secret sauce at one of the table service <laughs> restaurants. Yeah. Um, there is nothing at this food booth that is bad.
0: Oh um, wow! Okay,
1: nothing. These are uh, the the Lege waffle. Uh, I I don't want to oversell it. Oh, it's much better than connections at Epcot.
0: Oh wow! Those are those are definitely big words for me because I love the one at at connections.
1: Absolutely love it. And it's larger.
0: Oh, all right. Yeah, I want that s'mores one uh, for sure. And the
1: the I would choose the berries over the s'mores, but the s'mores was pretty good.
0: Okay, all right. The s'mores
1: tends to to come more pre-prepared. You literally have to watch them make the berries and cream waffle for you.
0: Okay. All right. Well, then we'll put berries and cream on the top of the list. But if we've got Lacey with us, I have a feeling we may be trying both. So obviously, it sounds like Belgium is is winning in this round and moving on. Um, Well, I I was a little concerned when I got a little (laughs) bold
1: about the uh, po' boy because I was like, I haven't mentioned something yet. So yeah. that should give you a clue of my opinions of this one.
0: Okay, perfect. All right. So we're moving into our final eight. We've been able to discuss all the menus and the items. So we can just have some defining factors between these. And the first one is number one, French Quarter, menu number three versus the number eight seated Denmark. Who moves on for you?
1: Double checking. Oh, this is jambalaya and shrimp gumbo. So yeah. it's do I want tradition or do I not want tradition? Right. I, well, I'm going to take Denmark.
0: Oh, that is a big upset coming out over I, the number I, I'm one. Gonna seat. Take, I'm going to take Denmark. Okay.
1: Um, But I'm not going to cry. It's one of those things. I'm not going to cry if, if, if someone picked French quarter over, Den, over the Denmark booth.
0: Right. Well, in this, at this point, and this is one of the things I find interesting is that, I mean, I I guess this has grown so much over the years that this used to be much more traditional to truly just Mardi Mardi Gras flavors and all that now they're really expanding to an inner. And that's why they're calling it international flavors. They're really expanding well beyond that. It really is becoming and I would assume in somewhat of a competition with what Epcot's doing at Disney um is they are bringing in all of these other cuisines and nationalities to go up against each other. So it just it just sounds so interesting. We're talking Universal's Mardi Gras, but you know, we've got Denmark in it and some of these other ones. So, um Well, I had to do a lot of
1: research on carnival and Mardi Gras throughout the world. Now, obviously, bringing my my religious professional expertise, you know, technically Mardi Gras is a festival that occurs right before the season of Lent. Mhm. So that's why you have Fat Tuesday, which technically is where you get the word Mardi Gras. You all knew that. I know I'm talking down to you. I'm sorry. Um, That's coming up this Tuesday. Yeah. And so so Lent starts, Ash Wednesday starts on the day after. And so many portions of the world, for good reasons and some not great reasons, celebrate Mardi Gras and Lent in some capacity. Okay. And so, so, so it does fit in. It that makes amount. sense.
0: All right. Yes. Yeah. I did not know that. It
1: doesn't, it does not always make sense. Um, ube waffle cone in Japan, but most of the time <laughs> it makes perfect sense. <laughs> well, if you, if, if you take the time to do the research, but you're right. It used to be before we entered, you know, before we entered the COVID experience, the Mardi Gras food was just in, in the New York area. And it was just new Orleans themed stuff. There was very little variation whatsoever.
0: Okay. Well, we're getting a, a lesson in not only food, but history as well. So sorry, David mentioned
1: I have a seminary degree in church history. Don't start this. <laughs>
0: <laughs> All right. Well, then we'll get on to the next one. A matchup between number four Germany and number five Spain. This whoever wins this one is going to take on Denmark in the final four. So
1: Yeah, and I, I have to think about this for about half a second. Um Germany wins this easily. The schnitzel is so much better. The potato pancake is better. Not that the paella isn't good. It's just not up to that level. And I do recall the price point being higher on those items per comparable to Germany. And you know me from our other conversations on podcasts. Price point is important to me.
0: Oh, for sure. I mean, as it should be. And so I'm very interested in that schnitzel. As uh, we know that I think I figured out, I don't always care for German food um, unless Mm -hmm. it's only at beer garden, but apparently we'll be trying beer garden again here in April um for Grace a dining package so we'll we'll see how it goes we'll see if i've come here garden to beer
1: garden can be very feast or famine but yes i think you can handle it
0: yeah well and honestly we've got a group of 10 of us going and i can't think of a better place in epcot to have a group of 10 just have fun than beer garden even if the food maybe isn't my favorite uh, yeah i think it's the absolute perfect spot all right we're going to move on to our next one here and we've got number two central city with all of our seafood boils Versus uh, number seven Canada in their very cold Mardi Gras up there that they have. So yep. what are we thinking between Central City and Canada for a winner?
1: This comes down to how much you like the boil. I, I know I've it. said that previously. Yeah. Um I would pretty confidently how confident am I? I'm not picking the boil to move on. Okay. In this case, I think that's fair. I'm I'm picking Canada. Um, it's a little odd it being a food truck <laughs> in yeah. in in the New York area, but I think Canada moves on, assuming you get the poutine prepared properly.
0: Yeah, and it should be prepared properly. So we're going to hope that from here on out, after this episode, mm-hmm. they're listening and they're going to prepare it properly for all of our listeners that go. Um, we're going to move on down to number four. I'm sorry, number 3 seated French Quarter, menu number four versus number 6 seated Belgium. And let's see if we have any sort of uh, traditional New um, Orleans-type booth. Move on, because our French Quarter is the last man standing here to to get in there.
1: tradition, our traditional booth involves fried green tomato po' boy, so I'm not sure how traditional that is. I know,
0: but we know it's your favorite. Well,
1: I... I'm not saying it's my favorite. It's my favorite new item.
0: Favorite new item. Okay.
1: The problem is in the way the bracket has been broken down, it is facing arguably my favorite item, the Liege waffle. Yeah. So, this, unfortunately, the crown cookie is going to pull down the Po Boy. And so, we're going to go with Belgium. Okay. With the Liege waffle and the Brussels frites.
0: All right. I'm excited for because there, There's nothing bad there. Yeah. All right. I'm super excited for those. All right. We're down to because our final some, because four. Somehow
1: I need I need to get this in now before we can extend. Yes. Somehow the frites, the french fries, they're just french fries. They're the same French fries that are served throughout the park. However, they are prepared really, really well. And I mean I've heard three different people say this. If they would prepare the fries this well at Mel's or other places like that, we would just go buy fries there every day.
0: Yeah. Hmm.
1: So I don't know why.
0: Yeah. That's I mean, I again, I know I always go back to Disney. It's easy to do, but it, I, I am shocked at you can have the individual frozen fry mm-hmm. that they're preparing at different locations, and it, it'll just blow your mind how different they can be. Um, our, well, that was like my, ex- my experience here. at STK the other day. Of oh. Just, they're, just
1: using a, they're just using a falafel mix. It's just a falafel mix for happy hour. Right. But they prepared it so well. Yeah. It makes a difference. Yeah. Yeah, it makes a huge difference. Go okay. ahead, though. I'm sorry.
0: Oh, no, you're good. All right, so we have number 8 Denmark versus number 4 Germany, Germany to take our first team into the finals. Um, what are you what are you thinking here? Can you guess? Denmark.
1: Uh, you would be incorrect. Oh We're my. T- we are we are, we are taking the schnitzel.
0: Okay. You, yeah. Oh, see, you're getting me all worked up for this schnitzel. I got to tell you.
1: I, I'm over-promising the schnitzel. I apologize for <laughs> that, but.
0: Don't, I over most everything that I talk about. and I'm sure people but. are constantly disappointed in my recommendations. Yeah. Um, all right. Well, then on the other side, uh, we are going to go number seven, Canada versus number six, Belgium. And I mean, just after these conversations, I'm going to have to assume you're taking Belgium.
1: I am taking Belgium. I feel bad for the short rib poutine, but it's true. The 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 beaver tails, the snowshoes, whatever term you use for a Canadian donut was too inconsistent to hold up. It tended to be dry sometimes and so.
0: Well, this makes a very interesting final because we've got basically sweet versus savory. We've got schnitzel mm-hmm. versus waffles. Um so this really comes down to maybe what you're in the mood for, but what do you think is the overall uh, more i guess quality item quality value um that would pick your winner between germany and belgium
1: sadly it's going to be belgium because i know this seems like you're you're really going with french fries john i'm like hold on if you've seen my phone you know any place that serves french fries i have an app for it but um Somehow the fries are really, and they give you the two sauces that go with them. There's a curry mustard sauce, and it's kind of a combination of Thousand Island and, and um, horseradish sauce. I know it has a better term, and you can look it up because I reviewed this already. Um, and the, sorry that I've made the waffles sound way better than they are. <laughs> uh, of, of the group of food bloggers or people who I hung out with for the last week or so, I had the lowest opinion of the lead waffle. Oh, and okay. you've listened to me so far.
0: Yeah. That, okay. is, that is high praise the, overall in the group then.
1: I had the lowest opinion of the five people who I was working with. Wow. Um, And I had probably the slightly higher opinion of the Brussels frites. But I remember remember last year just ordering the Brussels – no, a previous year ordering the Brussels Fritz and then getting a pretzel to go with the sauce. So
0: Oh, that sounds like something I would do.
1: Yeah, this year you don't get as much sauce, so you won't be able to do that. But I I did not expect um, Belgium to win.
0: I was going to say, you know, looking at this in the beginning, because we do the same thing when we do the brackets, without breaking it down and going through round by round and, and pitting them up, who do you think just, if somebody just came up to you and said, best booth at Mardi Gras? Would you have just blurted out Belgium or do you think you would have picked something else before you actually broke it down and pitted them up? Because that's the same thing, too. If at any point Belgium had maybe gone up against something else, who knows? Maybe they wouldn't have moved on. What would have right. just been your overall kind of elevator pitch? Yeah, somebody catches you you know, in the resort. You're going up to the third floor and they say, oh. I know you're John Self, the, the food blogger. <laughs> mm-hmm. What was the best booth at Mardi Gras? What would you automatically Sorry. blurt out? Let,
1: let's say you're walking through CityWalk, okay. and I now have reached the status of, are you John Self? Okay, so that's, there you go. that's awkward. Um, and I'm not sure if that's a good thing or a bad thing. I would have picked the Germany booth mm-hmm. off the top of my head. I would have probably, depending on how much experience they had, I would have picked the Jambalaya and the Gumbo booth. I can't remember what number that is
0: yeah was that four
1: i think so i think
0: so yep
1: maybe it's three i can't remember three or four and then Nine i three i probably would have now that you've pinned me down on this i probably would have picked the belgium booth
0: all right so that so that yeah so for people that are planning germany uh french quarter number three in belgium are john self's three things you must try right
1: right and that would be how the the blog goes top three things and for there those you of you who need help geographically. The Germany booth and the Belgian booth are on the Portofino. Sorry, English. They're on the bridge area between the London waterfront and Springfield.
0: Okay. All right. Perfect. Um, well, this this was great. I, I've learned a lot. I've taken notes for our trip here very soon. Uh, we're hoping we get back again for spring break, uh, at least for a night. Take both of the kids and stuff, so we can try even more things. And of course, we'll bring back. On a future Main Street Magic episode, our thoughts on everything that we've tried, but you've given me some uh, ideas of what I want to make a list of. Um, thank you, John, for filling in as always. Really, really appreciate it. Uh, we try and pride ourselves on on never going a Tuesday or Friday without an episode, but schedules get in the way and you're always so kind and generous to fill in and offer your knowledge. Uh, if people want more of your knowledge, <laughs> I know you've you've mentioned a lot throughout, but go again, elevator pitch. Uh, where are the best places to currently find some of your writings and where can they find you uh, throughout social media? Um, obviously in the Main Street Magic community for food questions, but just give us anything, anything you want people to know on where to find you and where to get in touch with you at.
1: Okay, just to clarify, you just told a person who technically has reverend in front of his name to talk. So you're yes. going to, you're going to, you're going you to edit this later. Oh, I, you know, I don't think I'll need to. Cause you know, we as ministers in conclusion means we're going to talk 20 more minutes. Yeah. <laughs> um, having said that all joking aside, I taught preaching and told people not to do that. Um, if you want Mardi Gras information, um, all my Mardi Gras stuff, except for some very limited things is appearing at piratesandprincesses.net, and um, sponsor of the main street 16 challenge. Um, that's where you're going to get a lot of the the daily news, the updated things, those kind of things happen. Um, also, um, Matt at Attraction Magazine is letting me write there now. And so doing a lot more feature articles. If you want the full review of Rock the Universe, we did a whole thing of perspective of a clergy member going to Rock the Universe. Uh, I'm writing for Thills, Thrill's Taste Travel. I've got to get that into Xavier before I get in trouble. I've got a review for him. And that was formerly known as Universal Food Blog. Okay, so just so you have perspective, I'm not sure who else I'm allowed to say that I'm writing for Um, universal. uh, I'm writing for Universal Family Vacations, but if you really want to know, want to follow me and you have no life and you want to listen to someone talk about food, um, it's easy to follow me on Twitter at Pastor P-A-S-T-O-R, John, J-O-N, because H's are O-O. So there we go. And so, or I'm starting to, because I'm doing a lot more food blogging for sites like maybe Delish or Eater or places like that, I'm having to do a lot more Instagram. So I'm on Instagram at john.self37, I think it is. Awesome. So Love it. I think I've gotten all that in.
0: Yes. No, that's perfect. Everybody knows where to find you. And you know for sure we will have you on again very soon to talk more food. Uh, food episodes are some of our listeners' favorite episodes. So I know they're going to uh, eat. I hate to say it, but I got to eat this one up. That was mm-hmm. awful. You did. Absolutely. That was awful. awful. I, didn't even mean, I, suggest- I didn't even mean for that to come out. And it just like right out of my mouth. And then I caught it and was like, oh, I'm really going to say it. Mm-hmm. All right. John, thank you. And we'll chat very soon.
1: Okay. Thank you, my friend.
0: Another big thanks to John for filling in today for Rhonda, who is out enjoying her time in Las Vegas. But don't worry, she'll be back on the show very, very soon. In the meantime, you do not want to miss the new shows every Tuesday and Friday, so hit that subscribe button. Then go ahead and leave us a rating and review as long as you're out there. Because if Rhonda was here, and I know she's thinking it all the way out on the West Coast in Vegas, it really helps our show grow. That's all we've got. We'll see you real soon. Jeremy and Rhonda are more than a little fond of Disney World, so they made this podcast to share it all with you. Reports and resorts,
1: top ten lists of all sorts, Main Street Magic's bringing it home for you.